Hello and welcome to what is the penultimate French Football Weekly podcast of the season. And I can confirm we are the podcast that loves a roulette. My name is Chris. I am your host. And in this penultimate week, we have plenty to get our teeth into, even if it seems like a few things have been settled. There's still plenty of things that have yet to be concluded. So I need my good friends to discuss that with me. So welcome, Jez and Phil. Enjoying the weather, are we both? Hi. Well, it's thundering here, but isn't this the pen penultimate? Yeah, I suppose. There's still two two games to go, Chris. Don't I, get I'm, all Premier League on I was going to say, I've, I've gone all Premier League there, haven't I? I've, 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 gone, I've gone early. Uh, it, it feels like the penultimate, so um, I've sold you a dream and I've taken it away. The pen penultimate. We've we've just we can copyright that phrase, uh, but yes, um, it de- what it does feel like is that this weekend, the upcoming, might see um, some things decided. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, anyway, so thunder in France, um, pretty nice in Brighton, I would imagine, Jez, as it is in Plymouth. It's always nice in Brighton, but unfortunately, I'm in London. Oh, <laughs> oh well, I was in Brighton on Sunday, and it was. Beautiful, both weather-wise and spiritually. Splendid, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> at the Amex. Good, good times, good times. Um, enjoy it while it lasts, because you, you you just know that some horrible London club, not us, I might stress, is going to come and pillage some of those good players. But let's hope not, because um, it's quite refreshing to see new teams at the top, which unfortunately... Uh, we will start with the team that is at the top of, of France. That sounds really harsh on PSG, doesn't it? But uh, unfortunately, uh, there isn't too much competition for the title, at least technically. Mathematically, there is. But PSG are just one win away now. I think I saw a stat this in the um, in the media that they are likely to be the last of the big six leagues to be crown champions because of the times mm. of the games, which... Um, you wouldn't have said that a few years ago, would you? But they got a um, a 2-1 victory over Osea at the weekend, um, which obviously has repercussions for the, the home side as well. But we'll, um, we'll start with PSG. Um, I think, Phil, you wanted to talk about how unlucky Osea were. So let's cover that because PSG kind of scored two brilliant goals and then went, well, that's us done for the day and kind of disappeared into the night. Osea were... <laughs> But not having it though, were they? Oh, it was really frustrating because um except when you say obviously PSG scored on six minutes, Auxerre started well. They looked positive and then everything went to shit in with two goals in two minutes from Mbappe and PSG. And I think they were a bit shell-shocked by that, mm. but they did recover. And particularly in the second half, you could see they went out. They they had all of the second half. It was really um, that they were pushing forward. They were trying things. The shots weren't necessarily going great, but then they got one back through Sinioka. That's his first league on goal, by yeah. the way. Um and you could see that PSG were a bit kind of flummoxed by this. Marquinhos and Donnarumma were kind of forced into action. And I really thought that Oxer deserved a point from that. And the way they played, I think, massively, when they got the goal, the, the stadium was like right with them. And that just really helped to lift things up. So I know they've got kind of a um, Toulouse's next, I think, before Lance at the final day. Lance obviously aren't going to give him anything, but there was a banner up that said Toulouse Toulouse because they really, really want this. And... Uh, I was very impressed by them, as I have been throughout the season, even though things have gone to shit recently, that they do have a style of play, gameplay, DaCosta, etc. that's 
something to like as a neutral. And so I really hope they can they can keep this going and stay up because Toulouse, frankly, won't care. So maybe that uh, they can get something out of that. But we'll have to see. But yes, I thought against PSG, against Mbappe, who was very good, yeah. um, that uh, that was something that we uh, really wanted to see them get more out of, and that wouldn't have been unfair. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree with that. Um, from a from a PSG perspective. Is that there's been there's been a few things going on this week. Uh, I noticed on their Instagram today they had their members' day where they train um, sort of at the Parc de Prince and they invite uh, people in to watch them train. I didn't hear any booing, so I presume that they were very careful about who they invited in to today's session. But uh, Neymar was there, um, smiling, happy. Uh, it appears that he's close to full fitness now, just in time for his move to Newcastle. So that'll be nice. Um, but we've seen or Man week, United or Chelsea, or Man United or Chelsea, or I mean, he could end up at Barnet this way. Who knows? Uh, but we we saw Marquinhos. Hey, uh, don't knock Barnet. Oh no, I'm, I I quite like Barnet. They're in they're on our neck of the woods. Yeah, they're arguably my local team. Yeah, they are Lo- lovely old ground. In fact, the new ground's quite nice, but the old ground's on a slope. But anyway, uh, yeah. I digress. Um, but. Yeah, Marquinhos signing a new deal this week. Um, we've all been sort of critical that he hasn't had his best season, but it appears, obviously, with his new four-year deal, he's probably going to see out what's left of the best of his career there. There's talk that Marco Verratti is is going to sign on again and, and stick around, um, even though some people are suggesting he might be pulled away. And then you, you see those moments from Mbappe at the weekend, uh, in particular that first goal, I mean... The, the sort of slalom run and just the footwork and you you could see the fear in the defender's eyes as, as he went sort of clean through, but that close control and, and finish, he he is just so vital. I guess the question I would ask you is, are we in for a summer of much changios at, at PSG? And do you feel like the, um, in light of a, a certain Spanish team dipping out of the Champions League and a rather meek display the other day with a, a slightly aging French centre forward in their ranks. Are we going to have another summer of will he, won't he, or, or do you feel like he, they've done enough to keep him for at least another year? Well, the reports in in L'Equipe yesterday were that he's not going to raise his uh, one year extension option, mm. which is kind of putting the ball back in PSG's court in terms of basically if he doesn't take up the option, then that means he's only got a year left on his contract, which means obviously PSG need to get their act together this summer. So yeah, I think that probably will be one of the boring sagas of the summer. <laughs> um in terms of the rest of the team. I mean I guess a lot depends on what happens with Mbappe. A lot depends on what happens with all these returning low knees, very few of whom have done anything special to to earn uh recalls well <laughs> recalls but also the clubs that they're at taking up any options mm. so i think that yeah they are all going to come back um there's also there's obviously neymar up in the air messi isn't staying but what is he doing we don't know mm. um so yeah there's there's lots of um stuff that we're unsure about there and and but assuming that they sort of get rid of all the people they want to get rid rid of I think they do need to to change a few things up and and to be honest I I'm for Verratti I think they should get rid definitely as great a player as he is when he's on form and fit I just I think it's time to to for him to go and Marquinhos to the to an extent I feel the same and I'm a little bit torn about him um, because he has been such a great player but he has been off for the last eighteen months and also just the two of them I feel they're so synonymous with all of not necessarily you know personal blame attached to any of them but they've been there for all of those meek 
capitulations in the Champions League. And and I think it has become as much as anything a mental thing. And I just, I'm not sure it's a good, I just think they need to get rid of all those players that have been involved in all those years of re- relative, it is relative, but relative failure. Or certainly mm. in capability of, of improving and pushing on year on year. Um, and with Marquinhos, I mean, I would say, okay, give him a short contract, but he's, I think he's 29 now, and they've given him a contract until 2028. To yeah. me, and, you know, I, I get that there might be sort of, you know, clauses and, and depending, you know, salary attached to how often he plays and things like that. But to me, that's, again, just such a bad signal of a, it's basically, again, rewarding, it's not rewarding medio- mediocrity because he's not been mediocre, but it is kind of giving him the opportunity to be mediocre for the next <laughs> five years. Security without needing to earn it. Yeah, uh, you can basically, um, what's the word? I was going to say glide. It's not glide at all. Certainly you know things slide, but yeah. There's, there's no pressure basically on him to perform. Um, you'd like to think because he is one of those players that more often than not does perform but yeah that there's no pressure on his place I guess and it almost guarantees that he will be the fun that the, the focal point look it looks like Milan Skriniar is going to come in in the summer and I think I don't know if it's been officially announced but the suggestion is Sergio Ramos is going to move on as well so that's that, a shame well, yeah. <laughs> he's going to go to the retirement home, bless him. But um, yeah, that that's, that's new... PSG, isn't it? <laughs> that is PSG, yeah, <laughs> or MLS. Um, but yeah, it feels like that that's going to refreshen it up. But how many other like do do you foresee their PSG having some issues shifting some of these players? Like, you know, who who's going to want to sign Renato Sanchez, who's fit three weekends out of thirty six? You know, and. Ekitike is is going to come in. That deal will be made permanent, only for him to be probably sold. But his value I mean, is. Not I think be there, be, is I just think it'd be a real positive for Ekitike to stay. By the way, PSG's second goal was very good, and although yeah, he won't get sort of any statistical acknowledgement because he didn't come up with the assist, his his dummy. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. And yeah, I, I don't think he's been given a massive chance this year. So I would like them to stick with him a little bit. Mm. Who knows? He may be the one that they give a chance to if indeed uh, Killian decides to um, pull the plug. Um, and just one other quick question before we move on from PSG. Do either of you foresee any circumstance at all that Nasser El Halifi could let Mbappe's contract just run down and literally let him walk on a free? I don't think they were that far off doing it last year. So mm, I agree. That that do you do you feel that any do you feel any differently feel than that one? No, I don't see it because if you've got to have a Galactico, for want of a better word, and Neymar's probably going, Verratti probably going, Messi off to Saudi Arabia, if PSG became a team where you weren't entirely sure who was playing for them. Is that sports washing? I think they definitely need to keep them. And we'll come on to the um, UNFP nominations later, but um, when you look at what he can do, and the uh, kind of the the breaks of the wing, the speed, all of that. I can't if they're gonna let Messi go, if they can let the other guys whose names you know go. If you're not a, kind of a French football fan and talk about Zaire Emery and that kind of thing, mm. then they need to keep him. Yeah. Because it weakens it weakens their not only their marketability, but it weakens their position at Europe's top table if they can't keep their best player. I suppose the argument would be yeah. they did that last summer. So I guess that's how they'd spin it and say, well, you know, we had an agreement that he would stay on for more year. But I think Jez is right. I feel like we're going to be in for a 
a long summer of tabloid tittle tattle in in that regard. I think um, you know they. I think Mbappe would put up with losing the Ballon d'Or to. I know, like all of that will come after the the transfer window or whatever. But for Mbappe to lose the Ballon d'Or to Messi would be one thing. But to lose it to Haaland, when I think mm. Bappe is a much better all-round player, I think Canoni, you know, especially after scoring a hat-trick in the World Cup final, mm. um, will be very, very galling. And to me, only speaks badly to PSG. And I think, talking about PSG sort of being at Europe's top table, they're just not. I mean... Mm. You know, yes, on paper, the players they've got, the fact that they qualify for Champions League every year, but you can't keep getting knocked out in the second round and claim to be one of the best in Europe. And I just, I wish they'd focus more just on the football and all the marketing and all that kind of thing. And I think, you know, we've spoken so much about the changing the Galacticos project, but definitely just get get rid of Messi, get rid of Neymar, ideally build the team around Mbappe but whether you're building it around him or not just get back to basics concentrate on building a football team organically um you've got huge financial advantages but don't that doesn't mean take any shortcuts build the team properly sensibly balancedly <laughs> um you know maybe even bringing a keeper who doesn't dive over the ball yeah exactly <laughs> uh, yeah. i and, did think of you when that one is yeah and um whatever just the same again and again and again and again it's just groundhog day isn't it isn't it just yeah and i and we'll be back we'll be back to discuss it all over again i'm sure over the summer so look forward to that um let's move on to the chase for second then um so the two results of the weekend um sorry long fans but we, we've given you plenty of time. So we're, we're going to just say that you won this weekend because they did. They won by three goals to one away at, at Lorient. And boy, did we hand it on a plate to them. Um, but yeah, Lorient went went in front. Some of great defending in this match. Oh my God. Yeah. The opening goal was a calamity. Roman Ferrer opening scorer. So Toka equalised through some pretty shambolic defending from Lorient, which got even worse a minute later when Adrian Thomason uh, uh, knocked in the second, and then um, Seiko Fafana, who is just inevitable at this point, got the third. And that was Lons responding to the, uh, oh, sorry, laying down the the the, um, the gauntlet as such to uh, to uh, um, to Marseille, who went and lost away at Lille um, in the Saturday evening game, the eight o'clock game. They lost by two goals to one. Talk about Lille in a second, because there's a story there coming out, but. Um, Phil, this is um, th- there's a lot of lot of things going on at Marseille at the moment. They're they're putting out lots of press press reports, which are all oh. very dull and boring. <laughs> but that aside, there's talk about Igor Tudor possibly being a bit fed up with life. Um, there's talk that a couple well, of them. I'm... He looks such a happy soul. <laughs> he doesn't oh, smile, does I, he? I am absolutely bewildered by all of these rumours that he's going to be fired. I think it's more talk that he he isn't happy. On on French socials, they're talking about him being let go. Mm. But will it be one of those, like, mutually, like, you know, where they both, Long Norris sort of says, oh, mutual agreement, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. It's frankly ridiculous um, that that's even being talked about. I mean, that match at Lille was cagey um, so much. And then um, I was looking at the uh, the voting on Licky and bringing Cabela on in 67, he just caused chaos in the OM ranks uh, on the defence, and he was he put the assist in for Jonathan Bamba's winner. And I think that's a really uh, kind of important 
thing because Marseille might have, as you said, the communiques out. But Payet can't play a full game now. We know that. So what are they going to do? And he was left I at think, home at the weekend as well, wasn't he? For just yeah, I, well, he was suspended. No, that, that, that was not, not after not the yet. last communique, wasn't it? No, he's got so he he suspended for the final two games, but this was a a disciplinary. He was available and and quote unquote fit. Um, Tudor said that his training application wasn't up to the standards. We left him at home, so this is where a lot of the Marseille ultras have got very unhappy because there's a very good chance now that he won't play another game for Marseille if he is released in the summer. Yeah. So, yeah, or retire, or yeah, or yeah, or. or whatever it may be. I mean, yeah, he is technically, he has got another year on his deal, but um, yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, but you're, but you're right. They, they they were so in control, I felt, on this game. Sorry about the noise. Um, they seemed to be so in control, and then Lille, uh, Gib, our friend actually was in, at the game, and he uh, tweeted me at the time, and he said that Fonseca is trying to be too clever, um, and it hasn't worked, and uh, Marseille obviously went in the, the break at 1-0, and that second half just completely transformed, um, and and Lille deserved the win. What, what what do they want though, Phil? Like what what do Marseille fans want? Because I feel mm-hmm. like Tudor has delivered everything. The cup, I think, is one thing that I think you'll have a regret over because that was a, a spectacular failure. But I mean, you, you know, you couldn't deliver much more than he has, could you? Really, given those resources. Exactly, and I think what. Marseille need more than anything else is some form of continuity. Look at the uh, the managers they've had over the past couple of years. They are going to get, um, albeit qualification round, but for the Champions League, they might still catch longs and get straight into the group. Yeah, like you say, what do they want? He's done a really good job. The team where you look up, if you're not a fan, you look at it and go, what are they doing, mm-hmm. largely? And they've been very impressive this year. Mm-hmm. However much we might laugh about Pirates, bunches, and stuff, and uh, Gwendozi being sent off at every available opportunity. Um, But I thought it was very weird to hear those kind of those rumours that he was Tudor was going to be not there next year. Because could you get? Think about that. I mean, it's all very well to get rid of somebody, Mm. get rid of variety, get rid of whatever. Who do you get who's going to do that? Yeah. And that rather beautifully teased me up just to ask you about Lille because there's also some discussion around uh, Paolo Fonseca's future. Um, He was, again, we'll touch on the LNFP awards um, in a moment, but... He, he's, he's one of the coaches on that shortlist. Um, reports in Italy suggesting that there's a couple of Italian clubs that are having a look at him, one of those potentially being Juventus, which I find a bit strange. But And then today there is some talk around West Ham being interested if David Moyes moves on. It would be fair to say that that would be a backward step for Lille in terms of sort of what they've achieved. I, I feel like the praise of Fonseca is maybe a bit over the top in terms of his his nomination for one of the managers of the year, but you can't take it away for the fact that they are fifth. There is a good chance they are going to make Europe again. And, you know, he sort of has built on what was already a fairly good base with, with Lille. Is that a real sort of step down if they were to lose him? Like would, would that, would that set Lille back, do you feel in terms of their progression? Not necessarily because they, they seem to, it seems to be sort of very much more about the, the club model that, that works pretty well, irrespective of who the, the coach is. I think he is a, a good coach. I think he's one of those ones that maybe sometimes, because of all the tactical tweaking, maybe everyone's sort of a little bit starstruck by by him. 
Uh, whereas sometimes you feel like it's one of those ones where, well, you know, if if you were doing a better job in the first place, you wouldn't need to do the tactical tweaking that everyone's so impressed by. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think fifth place, it's the usual thing with Lille. You know, every season they sort of don't give themselves a fighting chance because they, they have a, a relatively big turnover of, mm. of players. So it takes a little while for for the new team to sort of bed in. And, you know, if a manager comes in and has an issue with that, then they're, they're a bit silly because everyone knows that's how it works. But at the same time, you could, I suppose, understand a manager maybe getting frustrated and walking away because they're not able to build on anything. And I think even sort of at the end of last summer and even in January, I think there, there were some sort of tensions between Fonseca and those above him in terms of what kind of players he wanted to bring in and, and whether those players were brought in or not. So I think if other clubs are being linked with him, it puts him in a pretty good good position that he can kind of say, look, are you going to back me? Because if not, I will walk away. Um, but yeah, I think he's a very good coach, but I'm surprised there's sort of so much um, sort of attraction or so many other clubs seemingly linked with him um so yeah I, I i'm not sure it would be the biggest loss ever for lille except that similarly to what phil said about marseille you know it's bad enough that you've got this constant turnover of players if if your coach is changing every year it's really hard to to kind of build anything at all and yeah. with, with tudor i think it's just we've spoken before about the sort of coaches like Bielsa, like Sampaoli, like Mourinho, those type of who are who sort of managed to create something very successful out of creating a lot of tension within the club. And I think Tudor maybe sort of fast tracks all of that. I mean, it's not his fault that the Marseille fans were booing him at the start of the season before before the team had even kicked a football. Yeah. Maybe he was already you know, he was sort of already playing catch up and did well to to turn the fans on sides. And I think, you know, that last year I think they finished second. This year they're going to do slightly worse in terms of probably position and and number of points. But I feel like that, you know, it's the thirtieth anniversary of them winning the Champions League, but they're not. You know, things have changed various reasons and they're they're not again at Europe's top table and I think unfortunately not even at France's top table in terms of being able to compete with PSG and I think like this sort of constant looking for a messiah who's going to win them the league I just think it's a little bit unrealistic and so um, second third place I don't think that's okay maybe at the start of the season if if they said third place wouldn't wouldn't have been unreasonable but they might have expected Lyon or Monaco to be ahead of them if 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 they'd known it was going to be third place falling behind Lance then maybe fans would have had an issue with it but I think generally they can't have too many arguments with how the season's gone I think maybe just the frustration is the style of football and like I said the, the sort of tensions the way they go about it um, Payet is the the darling of the public so although I think Tudor is well within his rights to do what he did this weekend it is a dangerous game and when you lose that match you know if they'd won the game probably everyone would have forgotten about it but because they didn't and Payet had scored two goals in the previous two games and managed to change the match then it doesn't look so great anymore mm. um, but yeah I think the fans need to be a little bit reasonable with Tudor but he seems the type that also won't take any kind of backward step and enjoys the friction with his players, with the fans, and that's not necessarily going to end well anyway. No. Um, but I think at Marseille, similarly to Lille, I think a lot depends on what kind of assurances are given in terms of transfers. And it's probably even messier for Marseille than it is for Lille, because first of all, they'll probably have to go through a couple of qualifying rounds for the Champions League. So they need to decide whether to stick or twist. Do we spend a fortune early in the summer in order to give ourselves every chance to qualify for the group stages? 
do we wait until we qualify for the group stages? But then if we don't, or even if we do, it might be too late to bring in the players we want, which is kind of what happened to Monaco last year. Um, Do we try to sell players that we can get a decent fee for, like a Guendouzi, before we start looking at which players to come in? So I I think there's a lot up in the air in Marseille. And it's, it's kind of a shame because... Like I said, second this year, just maybe missing out on second. Sorry, second last year, just missing out. This year, there should be something to build on. But again, it feels like it's a brand new project every single year. And as we said before, PSG are the only club that are able to keep trying to build on something year on year, which makes it all the more disgusting that they don't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know that nobody's really sort of come out how much money Marseille have actually got to spend. That seems to be quite quiet at the moment. So that'll be an interesting one to um, to look at over the summer. And yeah, Lons very much are in pole position with their last two fixtures to go and they seem to be in the box seat. But things can change, of course, but it does seem that way. And if you do end up having to do a Monaco, as it's now known in the trade, your pre-season pretty much starts uh, in about three weeks. So good luck with that. Um, to anyone who ends up in third place, unfortunately. Um, Phil, let's come back down to the bottom then. We we covered Osea's defeat to PSG and that opened the door uh, big time. Uh, well, it should have opened the door, I should say, because the games were played after each other. But the, the opportunity was there for Nantes to put some real pressure on, on Osea by, uh, by winning a home match. Um that um, didn't work out very well, did it? No. <laughs> uh, so Montpellier won 3-0. And Nantes had a really good opening 10 minutes where Montpellier could barely get a sniff of the ball. But they just couldn't convert anything. And then they just started kind of kicking people. Um. So Montpellier went 1-0 up to uh, Jean Ferry on the 38th minute. And just after half-time, after the restart, Nordan scored a beautiful pass from Schulte. Uh, mm. There was kind of raking long diagonal ball across, across the field and Sacco got the third on the 88th minute. It was it was a scrappy game in the first half, but not again. I think we saw Palwa taken off before he could be sent off. They just don't seem to have the uh, the ability to finish. Mm. Now Lafont was furious throughout. But I did think uh, Lecomte was key, apart from the massive Rick he had when he went to throw the ball out and kind of forgot to let go of the ball. Slightly unfortunate. Um, So Montpellier were again saved by the goalkeeper, but it wasn't fabulous from Nantes and looking at I'd put that down as a point at least for them and now that uh, puts them in a tricky position I think they play Angers on the last game of the season but they got Lille next yeah that's the issue so when it comes to who is going to end up in the bottom four that's going to be um, slightly awkward. But, yeah, it was not a great performance from Nantes. I think uh, Montpellier took their chances and took the opportunity to uh, you know, take control of the match after that opening 10, 15 minutes where Nantes were really on it but didn't get anything. So that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that uh, race 
the sense to avoid relegation goes because you got Oxel on 34 and Nantes on 33 with two games to play to see who goes yeah. into that last spot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, at the, the weekends, as you say, I mean, Oxel in that game of Toulouse, um, Toulouse pretty much on the beach. Um, and, and the weird thing is as well, obviously Lille Nantes as we began, but that final game of the season, the Angers game, they're playing with a bit of freedom now, Angers, a club that, you know, they know what's happening. They got a draw with Rouse. I know uh, Will still was not a happy chappy about the fact they drew two all in that particular fixture. But yeah, Angers appear to be playing with like a club that's sort of just, you know, we know what we've got and we're just going to have a little bit of fun. So yeah, I, I think I said it last week and I stand by it. It's all very well saying I'll say I might not get any more points this season. Where where are nonce points coming from? And when you concede to that renowned elite top goal scorer, Jordan Ferry, who I think has scored something like one goal in about 18 years, um, you you know you're in the shit, don't you, when that happens? Um, and, and he enjoyed it, bless him, as he should. So, um, any thoughts on on Nantes from you, Jess? I mean, it's it's a pretty sorry story and a sorry way to end what was seemingly a club on the up just sort of, what eighteen months ago after that Coupe de France win, and it's now all gone very murky and very rough. And they're yet another big name that could find themselves in need of. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's it's yet another club that seemed to be putting themselves in crisis all the time. I mean, clearly, this Quito is a an extremely unpleasant man and not very easy to work for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Comboare, people can criticise uh, style of football and things like that. But, you know, I think he's a, a decent guy and and what he did there over the last sort of 18 months or whatever it is, you know, saving them from relegation, winning a cup, decent run in, in the Europa League was, I think, as, as good as anyone can, can expect. But... The wheels have just totally fallen off since that draw against Juventus, and and you know we we sort of I think we've mentioned in the last couple of weeks that it's only really Ludovic Blas that you could possibly look to 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 come up with something, and you know I thought that the two images of him against Montpellier, you know, he had that that very good shot that that Lecomte saved, and and to be fair, Lecomte did come up with a two or three important saves at mm, at Nil. Um, and then later on, Blas just sitting on the bench with his hands up in the air, kind of saying, you know, what, what, yeah, what's yeah. going on? What the yeah. hell? But I still feel like, you know, the, the next two matches on paper, not do have a better chance of getting probably just the point they need to sneak ahead and you look yeah. at the whole difference. Um, I feel like this, this week is very important. Um, the penultimate matches because you know away to Lille you'd think will be tough for Nantes and then although I think it's away and then although it's away yeah. to Toulouse as you said I think Toulouse are, are very much much checked out for the season yeah. so uh, you know Oze have got to be looking to try to get something out of that and I think they're definitely showing more heart more fight more as as Phil said, more simple sort of ability, or or more of the look of a team that have got, or of a team full stop, and of a team that have got something about them. Yeah. Um, but I just worry they could quite easily lose their last two matches. Nantes could sneak a point at home to Angers, and yeah. that, that's that's all they would need. But. Um, I think, as I said last week, that it would kind of feel like the wrong team has gone down if that were to happen. Yeah, yeah, I would be inclined to agree with you with both points that you've made. And, and as for Ludovic Blas, he's, he's got Marseille written all over him, hasn't he? Join Rangier in that midfield. That seems like a good fit to me. Um, elsewhere, that's obviously kind of the key areas. There is still this fight going on for Europe. Um, it's a fight that Monaco seem intent on playing themselves out of. They lost away at Lyon by three goals to one, having led in the first minute through Ben Yedda's penalty. I uh, mentioned it off the outset, but uh, Rayon Shirky with a, a delicious piece of skill to, to roulette his way into creating the second for Kakure after Lacazette had equalised. Who else, of course? And Shirky himself got the third goal. Um, I've read somewhere, I think it's Lacazette. That was, 
that was like the bad facial hair that yeah yeah that there was quite, bad quite, quite, a, quite a lot grown a moustache he's i think he's had that for a while but it looked more yeah, pronounced it, this week yeah, yeah. And uh, Kirkeray's got that kind of weird beard thing, and it's just it's that sixth form of beard for Kirkeray, isn't it? It's like can't quite grow it, but I'll I'll see what I can just punch um, in. This because my parents were here over the last week, and I love watching football with my mum because it's you know Twitter is one thing, but having someone else in the room who you're talking about football with is <clears throat> is so nice and when we were watching that match she was like well it's kind of physical but listless simultaneously mm. and I was like yes yeah because there was a lot of stuff that was just a bit meh there wasn't, the, there wasn't the needle, yeah. was there? I thought we were going to have a bit of needle in this game. They just, uh, oh, just that, surrendered. Like it was so. They're actually limp. trying to get, and I don't understand what Monaco were doing, frankly. Nor did they. But uh, yeah. So, yes, it was an odd result. But Leon, given other results, didn't do them any good. So. Yeah. They can't make Europe now. I think I'm right in saying Leon. So yeah, yeah it is a season in the doldrums. But you, you do. I don't think so. I'm sure I read somewhere they they can't. I think it's something to do with is it something to do with the goal difference. I'm just looking at the table now. Uh, where are we? So they've got two games to go. So the maximum they can get is 64 points. Um, well, no, they they they, well, they could get fifth. Yeah, technically, they... but we're still not entirely sure about the whole Toulouse Coupe de France place. Uh, of course, yeah, that's true. I'm sure I've read somewhere that said they were out of European competition, unless they meant Champions League contention, maybe, maybe that's what they meant. But either way, I, I don't think a season out of Europe would hurt Leon, given the fact they've got this rebuild going on. And I think Lacazette's going to be really important to what they choose to do in the future, just given... He seems like such a, he was a very good influence on Leon when he was there before. He was a very good influence with younger players when he was at Arsenal. And it seems like he's got like Barkola, for example, under his wing. Um, and Cherky will be an interesting one because there's quite a lot of talk that he might be open to moving on. And um, yeah, obviously that goal. Well, there's another one that it just feels a bit Groundhog Day. It feels very much like Arsenal in the last years of Wenger, where sort of at the end of the season, they suddenly show a bit of life and you're like, oh, they're well set up to, to yeah. you know, have a great next season and then it doesn't happen again. And then midway through but, October, they're sitting 12th. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's a shame that they sort of left it so late to kind of turn their form around this yeah. time. But, um, you know, I think, I still think Hakare is an excellent player. Cherky is a fan. It's, it's shocking that he's already, that he, that was his hundredth appearance. Hundredth game, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, but we know he's such a talent, and but when he wants to be, Jazz, isn't it? That's the thing for him. Well, I don't know if it's the, it's when he wants to be. It's again, it's just this game intelligence thing. I think he, the problem is he knows he's a talent, and so he does too many silly things. And sometimes yeah. all you need to do is a simple, simple five thing. meter pass, rather than you know, it's great when you do the roulette that leads to a goal, but when you do it on the edge of your own area and <laughs> use the ball or something like that, it's not so great. So, you know, hopefully, it feels like I mean, as much as anything, because he's been given more chances. A lot of those hundred appearances have been sort of bit parts late in the game. Yeah, that Blanc has been giving him proper chances and a proper run in the team. Unsurprisingly, he's come on a lot. Yeah, there are still those issues, but he's still only nineteen. So hopefully, if he stays in the team, whether it's Leon somewhere else, I think you know, hopefully he'll continue to learn and he'll he'll continue to to improve and find that balance between the spectacular stuff and the sensible stuff. Yeah, um, PSG are sniffing apparently is is the latest rumor, and I guess when yeah. you when you score a, a goal like that, I mean, I, he didn't actually score the goal because he created it, but when you get a goal like that. I guess you, you kind of alert Europe's elite, don't you? You know, the clips go by. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll know about him. He's 
we've all known about him for since he was about 15 and, and PSG <laughs> has certainly been rumoured to be interested for a while but um yeah he, again he's the type of player I know you said Lacazette and I agree but Cherky's that you know a number 10 old school number 10 he's the kind of player you can build a team around yeah and yeah Barker I really like him. Yeah, another assist for Lacazette after the three, sorry, Phil, against Montpellier the other day. He, Yeah, he looks real. Yeah, I like him. I like him physically. That sounds a bit creepy. Um, I, I like him. Um, he just, he has that sort of wiry frame, but he looks to me like he can, he can handle himself. And I remember when he first got into the team, like the back end of last season, and I just looked and thought, there's a player there. Like You just see a, you just see a player and think, yes, there's something in there. And I think, that if they can keep Shirky and they can build around that triangle of Lacazette, Shirky and, and Barcola, um as a three, as a, as a triumphant, that could be really exciting next season. Um, but yeah, it does sort of spell the end for... Uh, remember Dembele? Is he still there? I think he's clearly the lose or something, but he'll be... But I think, yeah, but at the same time, it's not... That's often been the case that the attack has been okay. It's in defence and midfield that they need a bit more. You got Dejan quality and, and strength and depth. I think again they've got they've got a couple of very good young defenders now, um, Kumbedi and and Lukeba, But yeah, Lovren's still got a mistake in him, and yeah, that's where the issues are. You know, maybe a, a real quality defensive midfielder as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there, there are a couple of pieces in the jigsaw short, and it'll be interesting to see what they do this summer. Of course, while well, we've got the 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 texter full takeover, and um, obviously Laurent Blanc, uh, you know, will he stay or not? Because even that seems to be a little bit up in the air at the moment. So um, we shall see. Uh, running through the other results, then that we've missed out, Ren got a five 0 win over Ajaxio. Nothing to see here other than I mean, Guiri hat trick. Which is nice, and that Jeremy Doku is that trap bullying from Ren. Yeah, and speaking of which, Jeremy Doku is added to his YouTube highlights reel just in time to be linked with several Premier League clubs in the summer, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, Baptiste Santa Maria also on the score sheet in that one, rather surprisingly. Um, all is not well at Nice. I think they had about seven people and a dog turn up to watch their nil-nil with Toulouse. Um, yeah, it does seem like they're in for a summer of discontent if this. Manchester United situation with uh with Ineos goes on and on. Uh, nice seems well, I to think be... there's another club Fonseca has been linked with, but also yeah. I mean I yeah. saw that they'd like Deserbi. Well <laughs> Good um, luck with that. Yeah, but apparently Potto is quite seriously linked. I think he's even had a couple of discussions with them. You know why that is, don't you? It's because half of Nice's squad is British now. So that's <laughs> although am I right in saying that um because of that British call, wasn't that something to do with the fact that Ineos have so many, uh, you know, British links and um, obviously, you know, the owner himself being British, but isn't, isn't that some of the, the talk of that was why? Yeah, yeah, I think it's sort of a bit circular. I mean, mm. you know, Jim Radcliffe is a is a big Brexiter from, from from not living in England and that kind of thing. But um, so he's, yeah, clearly wants to keep it best of British, just not in Britain. Just not in Britain, yeah. Take Britain into Europe, but not in that way. Uh, Brest, they secured their league on status for another season. The Pirates gunning down Claremont, who've been having a lovely old time of it recently, but Borges' opener was cancelled out by Frank Honorat, of course, and Steve Mounier popping up with another goal for him. And I mentioned it was lovely. Um, Honorat's goal was great, actually. Yeah, it was. The, yeah, it the was. first touch, control. He's, he's he's sort of he's come into my heart since they sold um uh oh god oh that's terrible the uh the scissor kick merchant oh god good grief corona Cardona. Cardona Corona Cardona since he went to the Bundesliga last <laughs> summer um Honorat has has taken my heart at breast so uh, good for him uh yeah I mentioned Will still was not happy uh, his Rouse side led twice against Angers Junior Itu. Uh, equalised by Sabanovic and then following Balogun adding to his uh, impressive tally, the newly uh, acquainted US uh, men's national team international. He got the second goal for Rams, but uh, Abdeli, I think that's his first goal for Angers, I believe. Uh, I think he quite enjoyed it. Angers took a point and still was not happy. And uh, Strasbourg also secured their status, basically anywhere near enough, 
Um, with a 1-1 draw away at Troyes. Somewhat uh, surprising that Troyes got a point, but a lovely goal from Ronnie Lopez equalised. Diara with yet another goal, key goal for Strasbourg. Jiku and Gallon both saw red in that game. And obviously we've mentioned Lorient Lons and also PSG done and dusted. I think Strasbourg so, can still, in theory, go down. but Yeah, it, it's a mathematical. They've got 39 points. So basically they, they need a point or they need Osea or not to drop a point at the weekend. And uh, but yeah, three three wins out of five unbeaten in the last three. They've they found some form just at the right time. To uh, keep their head. Diara the looks a player as well. Doesn't it just? Yeah. Yeah. They've got a few sellable assets there. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do in the summer because things need to change for next season. Um, right. Let's come to, in fact, let's transition to the women's game before we do uh, tables and such like because I want to mention League Dirt as well. But uh, Phil, you mentioned last week. There was a rather large clash between uh, two opposing rivals in PSG and Lyon, and uh, it is yet another title for Lyon after their 1-0 yeah. win over their rivals. Well, it was cagey. It was um, particularly in the first half that I was watching a little bit snitty that it took until the 88th minute for Bruin to put the ball in the back of the net for Lyon, but they celebrated their 16th title um, and domestic double this uh, this year um, at the Parc de France. So that were PSC basically had no no chance given the. Uh, given the points and goal difference, but this was um, the French TV was calling it the final, like it was a cup final, and oh well, did did get that. So having both been knocked out of the Champions League at uh, semi-final stage, unfortunate, but. I think Owell are going to take this domestic double and just maybe spend more money and make more make more cake for next year. Mm. So yes, that was um, on Sunday. Uh, that does anything change out of interest given the takeover, the textile chain takeover. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Laurent Blanc's future and everything. Is there, is there talk that he is going to take on this this sort of behemoth that he has in, in Lyon's women's team and progress that even further? Has that been mentioned in the course of this takeover? I think you, you'd be struggled to say we can take this further um, for the OL women's team. Um so I wouldn't see any changes there in that there they are already massively good. Mm. Um and what's more interesting maybe is the players and some of the off field on field stuff Hamway and that kind of thing. Uh that maybe there will be over the summer, some movements, some different players coming in, and I would expect some players going out uh, to... But because they're the top two, they will be in the Champions League for next season. So I think you'd expect them to be back up where you'd expect them to be. Uh, so yeah, if, if um, not, not massive changes, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, good to see what happens there. And, and by the way, uh, just just for me, because you all know what I'm like by now, uh, Leon's new kit is a banger. Um, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> it's, it is very, very nice. Both male and women's versions are lovely. Uh, harping back to the Benzema days, if you know, you know. Um, Good stuff. Okay, uh, we are going to save League Deux Roundup for next week, just in the interest of time. But just one thing to say on it, 
Uh, Jez, Jez, the dream is still alive. I've lost at the weekend. Uh, <laughs> the dream lives on. It, yeah, um, it's frustrating because they're sort of collapsing a little bit, but Mess gave away a lead against Gagon. They did, um, yeah. I thought of you when I saw that. I think, I think they're just going to miss out. Yeah, it does feel that way. Although, wouldn't it be funny if Ordo and Mets ended up uh, leapfrogging now because they've literally led this, the league all season? But we will touch in on that next week when uh, everything will be a little bit clearer, one suspects. Um, let's just wrap up with a little bit of LNFP awards before we look at next week's fixtures then. Um, Jez, I'll start with you. Any surprises? Because we, we often have these conversations this time of year and we both look at each other and go, what? <laughs> Why? Um, I'm guessing Donnarumma caught your eye, and I'm guessing Fonseca probably caught your eye as well. Uh, any other notable uh, omissions or emission or um, entries that you saw that you thought were a bit off? I, um, I don't actually remember the full list, but um, <laughs> I would say off. that stati- although statistically it looks great, I would not have had Messi as one mm-hmm. of my nominees for, you know, it's not player of half the season and then don't give a fuck for the second half. That would be a great award, by the way. I enjoy, I'd enjoy that. Well, definitely be him and Neymar. (laughs) Don't give a fuck for half a season. Yeah, I'm off to the World Cup. See you later, guys. Yeah. Um, I think that, I know it might be a controversial thing to say. I do think it's a little bit harsh not to have Gautier. Yeah. Well, I, when when I was watching the, I think it was the Sunday night game, but Thierry Henry was talking about that as well, that he thought Galtier should have been in the manager's list. Is it a bit political, maybe? Well... Throw that out there. Well, you just thinking, um, they haven't... They've done the usual in the Champions League and he's got legal cases against him. Mm. But obviously, Gaultier has previously won that with Saint-Étienne and Lille. I mean, it was... I found it a bit weird that Thierry Ory was saying that given that PSG are going to win the title, which they do frequently, but haven't done the thing, you know, the thing. The big thing. Which is... Well, I assume it is based, it should be based on just Ligue 1. And I do get it. I mean, you know, it's the same as England. I mean, I I put my uh, votes in the other day and you can see what the uh, criteria is, what the percentage is. And uh, Franquez, obviously, uh, Lance was like 87%, yeah. I think. <laughs> but I do think that's fair. And Lance also had a, a pender, was winning on the best player, three Samba, best goalkeeper yeah I think they're going to wipe the board I I mean I I would not be expected I would not as good as he's been I definitely would not have Oponta as as my player of the season I I think like Galtier Galtier I think it's the same as Guardiola like he's not I suppose the only thing you could say is so what you've won the league with PSG the same with Guardiola. Well done. You've won the league with Man City. You can. Oh. Um, yeah, but I think Fonseca... Man City could still win Champions League, whereas PSG can't. Yeah, sure, but they but haven't yet. And Guardiola, like previous seasons, you know, also raving about him just winning the league with Man City. Great. Yeah, like, well done. The richest team in the world. Well done. Mm. Yeah. Um Others, I think, yeah, Donnarumma, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I'm surprised to see Mendes in the sort of best young player. Um, yeah, he's consistent, but obviously well, I, think, I voted for one. Well, I, th- I think why well, he probably should be that, to be honest. I think he's, he's ahead very good. on the popular vote. 
but then uh, I think Shirky got in, didn't he, as well? And, and there was a bit of sort of, you know, why him over Barkula, for example. Um, Barkula's there as well, but I think, again, just consistency over season, what you've brought to your team, I think, why he offered yeah. his nominees, I think, comfortably. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and also... Even uh, League, League Dirt player, by the way, it's a bit weird to have two Saint-Etienne players there. <laughs> Too much, but well, because I was I was looking at the best goals, and all of the leader best goals are long range screens, as it should be, uh, which <laughs> isn't the case with Ligan because it's the bicycle kick from Messi, the bicycle kick from Wahi, the double roulette from um, Mbappe. But uh, yeah, you could definitely see a theme. In- I was yeah, I, I don't yeah. think. I mean, I'm not saying that I can remember off the top of my head better goals, but I don't think they're the five or whatever it is best goals. <laughs> There's some really strange yeah. choices there. Like Messi's over my Messi's overhead kick is pretty enough, even though he shins it. But I don't think it's one of the best goals. You know, it was against Clermont. I think they were already well ahead. Yeah. Um, but I think um, one of the leagues, I forget the player's name, I'm sorry, but it was from oh, his half. The Rodé player, was circle. It? Yeah, um, that, that was a bit special, yeah. That, that was special. I yeah, isn't it, there a gang on one that's like a volley from about 60 yards? 60 odd yards, yeah, I remember that, that one as well, yeah. Like yeah. I said, they were all long-range screens. Well, I, I just... Um, I, I just want to put my 50, 50 pence into this. Uh, Reggie Labris not being nominated is an absolute scandal. So uh, for, for one of the managers of the season, absolute scandal. I'm just going to leave that there. Because um, I just think... I know Maybe I'm that's biased, evening but... out what scandal it was that Pellissier was last year. That's also quite fair, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't throw back any shade and on that one. But... going back to what we talked about earlier, Tudor... Yeah, 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 true, true. Fonseca is a slightly odd one of that. that. I think a lot of this is down to probably when, I don't know exactly when it is, when the votes are, and the fact that if it's, with all due respect, when, if it's players voting, I think how many of them are just kind of based on what, laziness and media and players got a big name and that kind of thing. yeah. Yeah, I do. I do agree. And ultimately, it is just an excuse to get a nice tuxedo on and, you know, take a few pretty pictures. Or a bad tuxedo. Or a bad tuxedo, yeah. And we're looking at well, I mean, again, like, you look at bad. look at player of, player of the Year. Okay, for fun, I definitely deserves to be there. And I'm not saying necessarily that, well, I, I said I don't think. Oh, no, the others probably all deserve to be there. But they're all strikers. They're all goal scorers. So yeah. I, mean, that, I always yeah. find that a bit silly. Yeah, yeah. That's other than Cannavaro, who's the outlier for that. You've got the Ballon d'Or in that year, and never seems to be defenders, but unless they're marauding. Well, defenders. That was ridiculous as well. Yeah. Seems he should have been sent off in the second minute of the World Cup for elbowing Ori in the face. Another good point. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we shall. Uh, we will, of course, let you know what the uh, or who gets the awards when when we know. Because at the moment we don't know. It's just nominations, but. Uh, yeah, we shall see. And um, just before we do the fixtures, I want to give a shout out to, I uh, you know, I can't remember the chap's name. Um, I think it wasn't Steve Wyeth. One of the commentators on BT, I was watching the uh, the coverage of the Lille-Monaco game. Um, uh, sorry, the Lille-OM uh, Lille game at the weekend. And uh, Burak Yilmaz was back in Lille for a little presentation. And um, you, you always know when a commentator is going, who's that because the, the airwaves just go quiet <laughs> and in, in this particular occasion it might have been put it might have been Paul Dempsey actually but um either way whoever it was fair play he owned it he came on he came on the on the air and said I'm gonna freely admit I know I should know who that is but I just can't I just can't get the name and then obviously whoever his co I think it was Chris Perry on co-coms had obviously gone on Twitter or quickly googled and and then all of a sudden there was this, of course, it's Barack Yilmaz. How silly do I feel now? But I thought, you know what? Fair play. Like we give some commentators who will remain nameless, <clears throat> Jonathan, um, 
I thought fair play, like, you know, at least he owned it. So uh, that was, that amused me greatly at the weekend. Uh, right. Fixtures then for the weekend uh, in what is not the uh, penultimate weekend of the season. Or, sorry, is the penultimate no, weekend. It is. It is the penultimate weekend of the season, not the final weekend of the season. We'll get there eventually. Uh, these are the upcoming games. Uh, we have got, oops, everything's just crashed. There we go. Uh, we've got Saturday the 27th, and we've got Angers against Troyes. I'm going to put it out there. These are all, sorry, these are all 8 o'clock games um, because of the last two weeks of the season, all the games are played together. Uh, I don't think many are going to tune in for Angers Trois, if I'm honest, but God bless them. Similarly, Claremont Lorient. Lille Nantes, obviously mentioned earlier on, that will be worth a watch. Montpellier Nice, and that's your fill. Again, not many are going to be eyes on that one. Lyon against Rams, Marseille against Brest, Lens against Ajaxio. Those two you might want to watch back to back or in sync, if you will. Strasbourg against PSG. Rennes against Monaco is probably the pick of the ties, given the uh, <laughs> circumstances that they've both find each other in. And then Toulouse, I'll say, as we mentioned, uh, pretty big. I think I'm right in saying that um, if Fosser were to win that game, uh, would, that would guarantee them safety if not don't win, wouldn't it? Uh, 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 point, yeah, point not, behind. No, if not draw and they if, win. If not draw and they win, yes. If they drop points and and, uh, and Fosser win. So it no, no, be... I mean, I think if not draw and they win, not surely could still catch them. Uh, Nantes would go up to 34 points and Osea would go up to 37. So, hang on. So, Nantes can still yeah, catch Goal difference, sorry. Win. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so to get a to get a, an official sort of decision, as it were, uh, Nantes would have to lose and uh, Osea would have to win. So, scrap everything I just said. Forgive me. It's been a long day and it's very warm. Um, but yeah, we will be uh, across those games next week. Uh, we were a little bit late recording this week because um, we wanted to sort of let everything digest. And there is a bank holiday in the UK next Monday. So, we will probably be with you uh, either the Tuesday or the Wednesday, similar times. Uh, we'll let you know, obviously, when we know a bit more. But just to give you a heads up on that one. Right. Splendid stuff. Uh, that is it for this week, then. Thank you very much for tuning in, as always. We appreciate it. Uh, Jez, good luck to uh, to Mets. You, you never know. You've just got to just got to keep believing, you know? That's all you can do. I mean, we haven't lost since... I'm going to say October. That sounds wrong, but a very, very long time. It's so it's while, kind of it? harsh, but it's a tough league this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it just? Yeah, and there's, I think there's two two more rounds to go in, in League 2, isn't there? You've got Sosho away, I think I'm right in saying, on Friday. Yeah, that's not going to be easy. No, and Bordeaux have got uh, Annecy, um, who are having their own particular fight down at the bottom end, so um, they need points. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on it later on. We'll, we'll have a look at League 2 next week because Bastia, who are in fourth, play Le Havre, who've had two straight defeats. If it was a third defeat, then uh, we could be seeing quite the collapse um, but before I get go into shock about title collapses uh, Phil thank you very much for your time much appreciated thank you and uh, just thank you as ever thank you and yeah mess haven't lost since October there you go which means two defeats coming up oh yeah I was gonna say you just put the kibosh on that now haven't you so show here we come anyway uh we will be back next week as I say we will take a look at league Den next week as well as all the league on action and uh whether we will have crowned the champions once again or whether we can say goodbye to another team at the bottom we shall see but until then uh, thank you very much for tuning in as always we appreciate it and whatever game you are going to tune into don't forget all games Saturday night 8 p.m uk time So whichever game you pick, enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon.